What Casey is referring to for everybody at home who hasn't been cruising our uh, uh, YouTube comments is that on our video of giving Carolina an A plus on the season, uh, we had some chirps from Carolina fans saying that maybe we weren't high enough on them and maybe we should have given them a better grade. So you're now listening to the Voice in the Booth podcast with your hosts Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to episode 158 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you for this one. How we doing, fellas? Doing good. Awesome weekend skiing with you lads and a, and a whole group of others too. It was just a great weekend. So cloud nine. Yeah. Same here. Doing fantastic. Really enjoyed the weekend. Um skiing i i gotta be honest it wasn't something that i was like 100 percent looking forward to because you know i love skiing but like it's always a workout and i kind of dread it but then when you're out there man it is so much fun and like i had an absolute blast even though my legs are paying for it these couple days after so uh <laughs> but yeah great weekend and uh good to see you guys and and some of the other fellas too Ditto, fellas. Fantastic weekend up in Collingwood uh, for your birthday weekend there, Case. And uh, I've got the skiing bug now. I, I got to tell you guys after that. So that was a lot of fun and uh, definitely plan on doing some more skiing in the future. I'd like to go more than once a year <laughs> and, uh, and and plan on getting uh, some of my own equipment as well because uh, that was a blast. It was awesome. So cloud nine as well. Yeah, it would have been better if I remembered my new goggles that I bought for the trip, but forgot <laughs> at home. That would have been nice. But anyways, it was still an absolute blast. And I'm with you, Harp. I would love to go up more than once a year because I feel like that's all we do. But uh, yeah, a couple times a year, maybe. And hey, at least you were wearing goggles. I didn't have any <laughs> goggles. So there you go. At least you got to have, uh, you have some. It was cold going up that chairlift. I'll tell you that. But other yeah. than that, it was great. That's my only complaint. So. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right. So uh, this episode, we're wrapping up our in-season division grades. And we're going to be finishing off with the Atlantic division. So uh, we're not going to waste any more time. Let's let's uh, get it going here, boys. So starting with the number one team in this division, the Boston Bruins. An incredible season so far. Seven regulation losses and we're over halfway uh, through the season. Uh, more than halfway through, I should say. And uh, they've got 83 points in 51 games. Just incredible from this hockey team. Case, your grade for the Bruins. Yeah, well, I had to think about what I was going to do here because I really, we realized that Despite giving an A-plus to Carolina, there's been a whole lot of whining going on from their fans. You know how they call them a bunch of jerks? Well, they should call the fans a bunch of whiners. So I was kind of thinking, you know, they expect a better than A-plus grade for Carolina, even though we gave them an A-plus. So I'm going to give Boston an A-plus-plus. Only one I'll be giving out, of course, this season. Um, just about everything's going right for this team. Got the second most goals for, least goals against, despite kind of being like a mid-pack possession team. They've got the best save percentage, their sixth best power play, best PK, second best on the dot. 10-2-1 in January. Carolina was 9-3-2 and 
So yeah, a lot of positives for this team, kind of a historic season for them, way higher than we expected them to be. The only negative I have on my list here is that they're not Carolina. So yeah. <laughs> what Casey is referring to for everybody at home who hasn't been cruising our uh, uh, YouTube comments is that on our video of giving Carolina an A plus on the season, uh, we had some chirps from Carolina fans saying that maybe we weren't high enough on them and maybe we should have given them a better grade. So uh, I don't know how you can go up from an A plus, but I guess Casey just showed us an A plus plus for the Bruins is fitting. And uh, Case, I'll stick with that. I'll give the Bruins the same grade, man, because at this point in the season, I don't think anybody coming into the year, including Bruins fans, thought that they would be this good. Um, and, and it's just been incredible to watch. As, as much as I hate to say it, they're, they've been the best team in the league all season long, and uh, nothing has gone wrong for them yet. 83 points. Fastest team to reach 80 points ever in the history of the NHL, um, and they've done it in while well, they've played 51 games and they have 83 points so i guess they did it in 50 games which is uh just ridiculous second best odds at the cup right now carolina actually is number one according to money puck um pasta because they had such pace. a great december make sure yeah. that you say that so the fans don't lose their mind oh my god yeah and come for us and write novels in the comments section uh, but no, Pasta on pace for 48 goals, 116 points. Uh, Marchand is over a point per game after missing, you know, barely a month with that injury at the start of the year. David Krejci is almost a point per game. They really missed his scoring last season. Uh, Bergeron is a Selkie candidate again for, you know, the team time in a row and it's not just because of name recognition he's been that good again they've had some depth scoring from guys like pavel zaka uh lindholm has fitting great on the blue line and like you said case they're getting vesna caliber goaltending this season so literally everything for the bruins is going right it's an a plus plus especially compared to um where we projected them to finish in the standings at the beginning of the season which was uh, to be about a bubble, a bubble playoff team. They're certainly not that, A++. Wow, I didn't think we'd be getting into uh, beyond A-plus territory for grades. <laughs> but anyway, here we are. Um, you guys know that, that I've been, uh, you know, I've been pretty... Um, easy but also critical at times with my grades and that uh, there's only one A plus team uh, in my rankings and, or in my grades rather and so of course uh, that goes to the Boston Bruins so an A plus it's it's just incredible to to see the the success that this team is having um, and you know Again, going back to our uh, our preseason predictions, you know, I had this team as a bubble team outside the playoffs, but uh, I'll, I'll never go against them again with this core, trying to keep that cup window open and uh, just going for it this season. Um, it's It's been incredible to watch, and we'll see what they do here. They've got to get past a re-signed, obviously. That next deal is going to be huge. We know that they would like to add another defenseman uh, at the trade deadline, either on the left or right side. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what this team does. And, you know, as much as I've been critical of Don Sweeney and some of the decisions that he's made, he's he's made some moves here that have worked, clearly. Pavel Zaka, as, as an example, has fit in really well with this team. And, you know, a lot of people ripped the Allmark signing when it was done, but... 
as much as it pains me to say it, being a Buffalo fan and him being next Sabre, he's been just absolutely unreal. So yeah, A-plus for the Bruins. We'll see uh, how they do here. All right, fellas, we'll move on to uh, number two in this division. And, of course, uh, Chad, it's your Toronto Maple Leafs. 70 points in 52 games. Uh, a, a rough start with the California road trip. But since then, they've been very good. And so uh, let's get some thoughts on the Leafs. Hey guys, there's no betting corner segment in this episode of the podcast, so I thought I would take this time to tell you a little bit about our newest sponsor, BetStamp, the line shopping app for sports bettors. Betting lines have different odds across each sportsbook, and by using the BetStamp app, you can line shop across all of those sportsbooks to ensure that you're finding the best value available on the bets that you'd probably already be making. Also, the BetStamp app allows you to track all of your verified bets across those different sportsbooks so that you can build a more credible record as a better, and it allows you to follow other winning BetStamp users so that you can instantly be notified of their picks. So click the link in the description down below to download the BetStamp app today, and when you do, be sure to provide the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH when prompted to do so to let them know that we sent you. Every download really helps us out, and it helps you out as well, so we would really appreciate the support. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, this team, they can score, and they're expected to score a lot. They have the most expected goals in the league, despite kind of a lackluster season from Poppy. They've gotten it from other areas, especially non-All-Star Willie Nylander. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put that of, on a t-shirt, by the way, Case. I'm going to yeah, write it. William Nylander should have been an All-Star. Every time he's brought up. A uh, ton of high and medium danger shots for this team kind of that's where the expected goals come from they're better defensively than i thought they'd be they have the second most takeaways but they also have the fifth most giveaways so their games are just absolute ping pong matches and they've gotten good goaltending especially when matt murray's healthy because then they have kind of a 1a 1b going on he's got to stay healthy for them though that's kind of the negatives i have for them is this team just needs to stay healthy but i don't know maybe they're trying to work some ltir stuff we'll see uh I also have their PK as being a little bit of a letdown so far this season, and uh, I'm just going to have to add this one because it has to be said in the same breath of negatives for the Leafs every single time. They need more sandpaper. They just need more sandpaper. So uh, I'll just say that. I'm going to give Toronto an A, though, because a great season so far. Um, you could make an argument for an A-plus for me, but I'm, I'm going to give them an A because of that PK. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Case. I'm also saying A, and actually I was between A and A- minus for uh, my team, just because, um, you know, there are a few things that haven't gone 100% right for the Leafs this year. One, as you mentioned, is Austin Matthews scoring at uh, a reduced pace compared to his heart caliber season or heart winning season last year scoring 60 goals you know like that's an incredible pace to set and it's almost unfair to compare them to that pace but you know what this is the nhl and you need guys to contribute at that clip if they're capable of it matthews hasn't been there this season but i think he's been battling an, uh, a knee injury right now and i think his shoulder's been bothering him throughout the season so um you know that's fine because Guys like William Nylander have picked it up. John Tavares has been really good this season. Um, and, and they're getting 
some good depth scoring as well. So I'm not overly concerned with Matthews because we're getting scoring in other places and because I think his 200-foot game this season has been better than it's ever been, including last year where he got Selkie nominations. So um, I'm not overly concerned with that. But the reason I decided on an A instead of an A- minus was because I looked at how many points they have through 52 games this year. I calculated the pace and they're on pace for 110 points. That would be the second best season ever in the history of the Maple Leafs, second to last year where they had 115. So how can you really say that it's anything other than an A or above when they're on such a good pace right now? Um, you mentioned the goaltending's been good. I think so as well. They do need to stay healthy. Um, Samsonov is 14th in goal saved above expected, has a 9-13 save. Murray, 20th with a 9-11 save. Um, the one thing I will say, though, is that the bottom six, for me, has been a bit of a problem. They're not getting a ton of production from players in the bottom six. You know, there's always going to be a guy like like Yarncroke or Kerfoot who can give you 40 to 50 points or whatever. But I think they just need to add one more player up front, either to the bottom six to give you a bit more of a scoring option or to the top six so that you're able to push someone down and get some more offense from the bottom six. That Those are my only gripes with the Leafs. But yeah, all in all, giving them an A, I think it's been a pretty good season for them. And uh, I think, again, they're poised to be cup contenders as long as they can get out of the first round. I'll give Toronto an A as well. I think that this season has gone a lot better than I expected, and I think a lot of people expected as well. And, you know, really the only one concern that I had going into this season was the goaltending tandem of uh, Samsonov and Matt Murray. Murray has struggled a little bit as of late. Um, You know, we, we talked about the glove hand being an issue and had some good laughs about him leaning to his blocker side and and all of that but uh you know he he's been good he's been really good it's been nice to see him turn it around clearly he was in a, a situation that just wasn't working for him in Ottawa and then uh Samsonov has taken an opportunity and and ran with it here I said that you know if I had to pick which one would kind of emerge as the starter for whatever reason I I thought it would be the the 25-year-old Samsonov. Part of it is injuries to to Matt Murray, but uh, Samsonov has looked really good in this uh, in this opportunity that he's gotten with the with the Maple Leafs, and they've uh, they've improved defensively as well. I think a guy like Connor Timmins, who we've talked about before, has given them a nice little unexpected boost on the blue line. So there actually is some depth there, and then if they want to go and add uh, another guy at the deadline to kind of uh, shore up that back end even more. Uh, That would be a a really good move as well. And um, the reason why they're not getting an A-plus for me, I think, is uh, because of the bottom six, Chad. Like we've talked about, they've sort of uh, been rotating a bunch of guys in and out. We've seen McMahon in the lineup. Simmons has been in and out. Clifford at times and and some other guys. So uh, they have to just, you know, get someone in there you know someone like uh you know like what tampa bay has had they're always at at the past few deadlines they're looking for that solid third line player and i think if toronto gets one of those then uh those two teams will match up pretty well again in the first round of the playoffs again this year so no it's it's been a great season for toronto better than i expected and they get an a 
I could see maybe a Connor Garland fitting that role, Sam Lafferty, someone relatively cheap um, that can kind of slot in, give you some offense and be responsible defensively. I think both of those guys fit that bill. Um, couple things and then we'll move on from the Leafs that I just wanted to mention. One player I was worried about at the start of this season production wise was Michael Bunting. He had 63 points last year and we thought, you know, maybe that was just a blip on the radar and it wouldn't necessarily be easy for him to repeat it. Well, this season he's on pace for 55, which is about what we you know maybe should expect going forward i think that's where he fits in production wise if he plays in the top six and he brings that grit element case that uh the keyboard warriors love the second thing i'll say is that uh kate or uh, harp you're talking about the defense and uh you know, the depth that we've seen there. Toronto leads the league in man games lost this year, and they're still sitting in third place in the entire NHL. So um, that just shows kind of the depth that they have mostly on the back end. I think a lot of the injuries have been to the back end um, as opposed to up front, but it just shows that there is some depth there, even though I, I would still like them to improve the top four if possible. We will see what happens, but uh, yeah, I could see them adding a forward and a defenseman, so it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with the Maple Leafs ahead of the deadline, which is less than a month away now, uh, crazy enough. All right, let's get into uh, the third place team in this division. Uh, Five points behind the Maple Leafs as of right now, actually, in this third spot, and that is the Tampa Bay Lightning, who we mentioned a minute ago. 65 points in 48 games. No surprise that Tampa is right up there once again. Uh, They've been to three straight Stanley Cup finals. Case, your grade for the Lightning. Yeah, I'm going to give Tampa Bay a B plus. I think they're kind of exactly where we expect them to be uh, pretty much every year at this point now. Um, They fourth in goals per game third best power play in the league we've kind of seen again no surprise here great depth from this team and Vasilevsky has been rescuing them when needed so there's not much else to say that hasn't already been said about Tampa Bay um I think that they could be better in their own zone they give up a lot of goals despite having good save percentage and a lot of chances as well. And then their PK, just like Toronto, has been pretty weak so far this season. So I'm going to give Tampa a B plus pretty much because this is where I expect them to be. If they wanted an A, then they should be second or first in this division. <laughs> uh, you know what, Case? I, I kind of agree with, with that statement, but I am going to give them an A just because I think the Atlantic is so top heavy and the fact that they're in third in this division doesn't mean much to me because I think they would be in a better spot in any of the other divisions. So, I I mean, they're seventh in the NHL right now. They've won eight of their last 10 games. They're kind of on a heater and everything this season is is going pretty well for them. They've, they're getting great goaltending from Vasilevsky, you know, to be expected. Uh, Kucherov has been healthy this year. He's on pace for 123 points. Uh, they have the sixth best odds at the Cup, according to Money Puck. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev has emerged as a true contributor from the back end. He and Hedman are both actually on pace for about 60 points, which is a bit of a down year for Hedman, but a great year for Sergachev. Um, so they're getting production there. And they've just had good seasons from all of their 
uh, top six and middle six guys like Hagel's having a good year, Paul, Kalorn, Colton, and Sorelli. So not much is going wrong for this team. And, uh, you know, if the two teams ahead of them in the Atlantic weren't as good as they are, Tampa would be an A-plus in my mind. Because if you take any other team in the league, put them in the shoes of Tampa Bay and look at that season objectively, that's an A-plus, right? But because it's Tampa Bay, we expect this of them. Uh, it's just an A from me. Yeah, I'll go with uh, with an A for the Bolts as well. Um, you know, every time I think that this team is going to burn out somehow uh, from all the hockey that they've played over the past three uh, seasons, they just prove me wrong. They constantly have guys that are just ready to come into their lineup and contribute right away. And, you know, for example, you look at this offseason, they lose a couple of key guys who meant a lot to them and Andre Palat and uh, Ryan McDonough. Well, Brandon Hagel steps up. He's having a career season. You've got a player like Nick Purbix who just gets inserted on the back end and it looks like he has been there the entire time. They're just, they're such a deep organization. They're able to just fit guys in. They know where each guy fits in their lineup. And again, uh, heading into the deadline, they're looking for that just solid depth forward. A uh, you know a Coleman, Paul, Hagel type player that uh, can just be inserted right into their lineup. Uh, they may be looking at another defenseman as well. Of course, Luke Shen's name has been thrown out there a lot as a possible return to Tampa Bay for him. Who knows, but this team just needs to be in the playoffs. Doesn't matter where they are, and uh, it would not be surprising if they went to their fourth straight Stanley Cup final. That's how good they are. That's how resilient this team is. So even though they're third in this division, I give them an A. At the deadline, I think it would benefit them more to add on the back end. Like Just looking at their back end compared to previous years, it's definitely not as deep. Losing McDonough even though you had to uh, for cap reasons, it's a big loss. And even though they're still so good, uh, I think another defenseman would be the best case scenario for them at the deadline. I think you guys yeah, have convinced me enough. to give them an A minus. How about that? Hey, fair hey, enough. there we go. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, the team in fourth place in this division and uh, happy to be talking about these guys this early when doing our uh, in-season grades for this division and that is of course the Buffalo Sabres 56 points in 50 games so far this season Uh, they've been a lot of fun to watch Uh, they're young if not the youngest team in the National Hockey League this season so let's uh, let's hear your thoughts on the Sabres boys And now, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Whether you're staying active or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients, it's non-GMO, and it's free from gluten, dairy, and soy. There are plenty of awesome flavors, but my personal favorite right 
right now is lemon lime. So get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at checkout. That's 20% off anything in the store when you order using the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is also sponsored by the best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Yeah, I also, well, now that I've given Tampa an A minus, I gave Buffalo a B plus. I also thought about an A minus for them as well, but there is kind of a glaring weakness going on that is teeter tottering their season in my mind. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about the positives first. It's goals, goals, goals. This team is scoring at will right now. It's pretty fun to watch. And it's their stars. It's not the depth necessarily. It's the top guys have really shown up this season. Tage Thompson in particular has shown up this season. He's at the top of the scoring for the last I don't know, three months now. He's He's been phenomenal. Um, he's not Mario Lemieux, but he's pretty good. So <laughs> <laughs> they've been a, a, a great possession team as well. Uh, you look at Corsi and Fenwick and everything like that. They have the puck a lot. They get the chances, but man, the defense is lacking. 22nd in goals against average, 22nd in expected goals percentage. If they didn't score as many goals as they have this season, they'd be in the Bedard talks very quickly. That's what I'm saying the teeter-totter is. it's they've, They're allowing a lot of goals and a lot of high danger opportunities. And not to mention this team is undisciplined. I looked at, they are the bottom of the league in um splits of penalty minutes they take way more penalties than penalties against and that's gonna hurt you especially when you allow so many goals so i'm giving them a b plus because they're scoring they're fun they're competitive and they're in fourth in this division so that's higher than i ever saw them at this year and uh, a lot of good things to come for this team so hopefully they'll be still battling for the playoff spot for the rest of the season yeah, I mean, right now, Money Puck has them with a 38% chance to make the playoffs. And if you asked me at the start of the year, you know, on February 6th, would Buffalo still be battling for a playoff spot? My answer would be emphatically no, no chance at all. Uh, but Tage Thompson and company have emerged really as a dynamic, powerful offense in the NHL. And Harp, you said it off the top. They are the youngest team in the NHL. I saw that stat the other day. They're the youngest. And I think that's a great sign because they're getting production from their big four, big three up front and Dalene on the back. So Tage, Dalene, Tuck and Skinner are all on pace uh, to finish the season over a point per game. Dylan Cousins is on pace for 72 points. Quietly, that's a guy we haven't heard about really all season long. And then they have so many good young forwards who are currently playing in depth roles who 
could easily move up as the years go on or get traded for some defensive depth as well. So with all that being said, I think the Sabres are in a great position, certainly higher in the standings than I originally thought they would be in at this point in the year. For those reasons, I'm giving them an A-. If you ask me even today, though, if I think they're going to make the playoffs, I would still have to say no. I think the top three teams in the Atlantic will likely make the playoffs and then the top five teams in the Metro. I just think those bottom two teams in the Metro, those four and five spots, like it'll probably be like Pittsburgh, Washington, maybe the New York Islanders if they can squeeze in there. I still think they're further along than Buffalo is right now, but I think Buff is in a great position going forward, and it's super exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, uh, most of me uh, talking about my team here is is going to be just uh, repeating what, a lot of what you guys had to say. Uh, it, you know, it was great to hear your thoughts on the Sabres, and uh, certainly didn't expect uh, them to be in this spot. And even if they don't make the playoffs ultimately uh, at the uh, at the end of the season in April, just great to see that this young squad has really taken a step. And I, I really feel like they're ahead of schedule in, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, at the end of last season, seeing how well they played in the second half of the year coming into this season, I never pegged them as a playoff team or being in the race, but just to take a step to progress and, you know, maybe even be a, a little over 500, just to take a step, have some growth and development and all of that. But to see this team playing meaningful games here in early February where a lot of their games lately because I've been watching a ton of Sabres hockey lately and um, every game just kind of has that playoff feel to it uh, for this hockey team so that's great to see for such a young group you mentioned Thompson got the jersey in the background you know last season was a huge breakout year for him but now he's emerged as one of the elite players in the National Hockey League. You look at the season that Alex Tuck has had and kind of, um, you know, emerging as uh, a star winger and and Rasmus Dahlin, another one in particular, who finally we're seeing that Norris Trophy caliber defenseman that we hoped he would uh, start showing uh, after we picked him number one in the 2018 draft. With all that being said, got to give them a B plus. Very happy with with where they're at right now. Uh, but I, I do have concerns of my own. And case you mentioned it right off the top, it's on defense. I think that I would really like to see them add another defenseman. I know Jacob Chikrin's name has been rumored with this team and and all of that. But we'll see. I would like to to see them add someone on uh, on the back end, particularly someone to play with. With Ilya Labushkin on that third pair and uh, give Jacob Bryson a, a bit of a break, a smaller, younger defenseman, because I do notice a lot of D-zone coverage issues with this team, and you're going to get those when it is a young 
defense group. When you're looking at it, you've got Darlene, Samuelson, and Power, who they ride pretty hard. They're all young. Yoki Haru and Bryson are still young, and then Labushkin is really the only veteran back there. So uh, it, it's a young D group, and yes, they score a lot of goals, and as Don Granado has said, good teams have that ability to outscore their problems, but as we get into the latter uh, parts of February and into March and, uh, you know, that first week of April or so, teams are going to be bearing down defensively and there are going to be those scoring problems. So when we have those, the question is going to be, how do we defend against the opposition so that'll be something that that I'm going to watch and also the goaltending we haven't really mentioned Uko Pekalukkanen yet definitely didn't expect him to be as good as he has and to take this step this season I think that uh, he's ahead of schedule and you know, again, it was kind of a question mark on how he was going to do this season and where he was going to be after the signing of Eric Comrie. But Comrie has struggled a little bit. He's had some injuries. Craig Anderson is just playing once a week now um, if he feels able to. He's obviously not a young man anymore. And and you've got UPL, who's who's still young, who's just uh, riding it out and, and uh, you know, learning the ropes. So I wonder about goaltending and defense as areas of need for this team but just so happy to see them kind of ahead of schedule here as the youngest team in the NHL to see the growth and everything I I, I don't remember when I've been this happy this pleased and this satisfied as a Sabres fan and I currently am right now so plenty of good things to come if they don't make the playoffs that's okay but they're playing meaningful games in February and we haven't been able to say that for a long time so all in all give them a B plus yeah no kidding what I want to say just to wrap up on Buffalo is that you know speaking of their goaltending I think it has been a bit of a wild card this year if you're the Sabres and you're going into next season expecting to compete for a playoff spot, because I think that would be a reasonable expectation now after showing what you can do this year, um, I think goaltending needs to be addressed. Eric Comrie, I don't know what kind of goalie you're going to get next season. And for UPL, you know, he's been fine. He has a positive goal saved above expected, but he has a 900 save. So it's one of those things where if you're going to be a contending team, you need a goaltender or two. And maybe with UPL and Comrie, one of them emerges next season as the starter, or maybe you can do a tandem situation until one of them emerges. But uh, for me, that's still a big question mark with this team, even more so, I think, than the the defense. Because I think on defense, you can just kind of write it off and say, okay, they're all very young. They're going to naturally grow. Um... But for the goalies, like I think a decision needs to be made. Is UPL the guy? Is Comrie the guy? Is it a tandem situation? Just because, you know, Anderson is old now. He likely won't be back next season. Um, so that that's just a concern I have going forward for the Sabres. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this team does uh, at the deadline, but we know that they're not going to rush this. Kevin Adams mm-hmm. is not going to do that, that... Uh, 
all of all of this is on the young players and their growth and he doesn't want to box anyone out which I really like so anyway we'll see what happens but so far so good for the Sabres all right bottom four teams in this division now and uh, that starts with the Florida Panthers in fifth spot President's Trophy winners last season it's been a very up and down year for the Panthers of course uh, Florida was the host of uh, the uh, NHL All-Star weekend this past weekend that we all saw uh, 54 points in 52 games for the Florida Panthers. Uh, Case, let's let's go to you with a thought on the Panthers. Um, I'm probably not as hard on the Panthers as most people are. I'm going to give them a C plus. I thought about a P minus. Honestly, it was a terrible start, but they've been good as of late, um, and I think they're going to continue to get better. They outshoot their team or their opponents like crazy. They're another great possession team. They've like third in expected goals right behind Carolina and Toronto fifth best in expected goal differential like this team should be doing better than they are and not just on paper but analytically as well so yeah the negatives are that they've had a terrible start and they're allowing a lot of goals 25th and goals against but that was the start of the season and it's also a lot to do with their one of the league's worst penalty kills so I think that this team can turn it around pretty quick, and I don't think that they're as bad as people are giving them uh, for. Obviously, a lot of that's coming from their success last season, but I wouldn't be surprised if these guys are still fighting at the end of the season for a playoff spot. I think that's a pretty accurate assessment of the team case. you know, Money Puck still has them at a 31% chance to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Like I said, I already mentioned that I think it'll be the top three teams in the Atlantic and then the top five uh, in the Metro just because of how it's going to shake out this year. But you're right. Like the underlying numbers are still there offensively. That is, they're still generating a ton of opportunities. They're just not finishing. That's their one problem. And their second problem is that they haven't got goaltending virtually all season um, from either of their guys. You know, Bobrovsky costs $10 million and Spencer Knight starting next year costs $5 million. So or, or roughly five million. I think just shy, four and a half or something, four seven five. Yep. But uh, for those reasons, like for the poor management reasons that I'm going to touch on, I'm giving Florida a D plus. Even though I think that they they're a fine underlying team or they have fine numbers underlying the team here offensively, I just don't think that you know you can go from being a President's Trophy winning team to not making the playoffs and still get you know, a passing grade or a good grade. I guess a D plus maybe is still passing. But uh, point is, I'm not giving them a very good grade here because I think it's insane the drop off that's happened here. Not only are they 21st in the NHL right now, they also don't have a first round pick for the next three drafts because they traded for Claude Giroux, who they got 18 games out of. They traded for Ben Sherratt, who they got 20 games out of. And they traded for Matt Kachuk, which like, you know what? That's fine. He's having a really, really good season this year, potentially heart caliber season this year. He's been that good and, and carrying this team offensively. But to not be in a playoff spot right now and to also not have any picks for the next three drafts in the first round, I think that's just poor management through and through. Um, and then including the the two big contracts for your goalies, both of whom are performing below 
league average right now. So I just think, although the underlying numbers are still okay, I can't give them anything better than a D plus because the performance just isn't there. 21st in the NHL just isn't good enough for the, for the reigning President's Trophy winning team. Yeah, I agree with you, Chad. I'm going to give Florida a D. I just think that uh, there were a lot of decisions that didn't make sense. And other than Matthew Kachuk, who has been as advertised uh, with the Panthers, he's having an incredible season, one of the best uh, point producers in the National Hockey League. A guy like Carter Verhage, very quietly having uh, an, an underrated uh season and uh, and a career season that is and then uh, one more bright spot for them I guess has been uh, you know uh, you could throw in the captain Alexander Barkov in there but I just I look at this team they are so shorthanded on the blue line when they're healthy they really miss a guy like Mackenzie Weger back there and then whenever they have injuries to Aaron Ekblad or whoever back there they're even more shorthanded they found a nice player in Josh Mahura, who they got off waivers from Anaheim, but still, I think they're so shorthanded back there, and things wouldn't be going uh, as well lately if it weren't for Alex Lyon. Uh, funny enough, who's been uh, pretty good for them as of late in goal with uh, Spencer Knight trying to come back from an injury and and Sergei Bobrovsky being out and, and just being terrible and aging goaltender with a bad contract. So I think that Florida should be a lot better. I don't think Paul Maurice was the right guy for this hockey team. Like we've mentioned before, they're not the same offensive dynamo that they were last season. So because of the regression, I'm with you, Chad. I'm going to give them a D. Also, too, um, going back to my point about poor management of this team, they're still paying a combined $6.5 million for Scott Darling and Keith Yandel, both of whom have been out of the league now. I mean, I guess Yandel is just last year, but $6.5 bucks. they are right up against the cap. They've been trying to activate... Anthony Duclair now for a while, who's on LTIR, he's healthy, so people say, but he can't play because they don't have any cap space. And another guy is is Patrick Hornquist too. So just the management, I don't think has been very good. Um, But who knows, like there's still a lot of talent on this team. And if they're a playoff team next year, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, exactly. All right, we've got uh, three uh, more teams to to move uh, through here quickly. And so uh, the Ottawa Senators next up, they're in sixth, 51 points in 50 games. They have been better lately, winning four in a row heading into the All-Star break. But uh, things have not gone the way that the Senators expected, and I think a lot of us expected. So Case, uh, the Senators, thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to give Ottawa a C, um, kind of below where we expected, but not. this isn't totally shocking given the division that they're in. So again, I, I think a C is a fair assessment here. They've been incredibly unlucky, not just analytically, but also injury-wise. They've lost a lot of time for good players, Josh Norris in particular. Um, their goals for above expected is the league worst minus 33.87 they should be scoring way more um so i'm gonna give partial credit to unlucky and partial credit to 
you got to have guys finish eventually. Like something's got to give. So I'm going to call that a negative as well, giving them a C. Their goaltending's been pretty mediocre. And I don't know, They there's been bright spots on this team, obviously. I think my dad is... Uh, putting his vote in for Claude Giroux as prime minister next season or next year <laughs> rather. Um, so yeah, like see. <laughs> yeah. Case, I'm glad you brought up the expected goals point because yes, that stat negative 33 goals uh, above expected. So 33 goals below expected means one of two things or a combination of both. It means that they either don't have any finishers on their team or they've been extremely unlucky. And usually I'm willing to point to uh, that stat and say, okay, that means the team's been unlucky. But for the Sens, this has been kind of a trend. And I think it starts with Brady Kachuk. And we've talked about this before. He's a notorious volume shooter and a volume shooter from poor positions on the ice. He just throws everything on net. And sometimes that's good, but uh, he doesn't score a lot. So he always generates way more uh, expected goals than he actually scores. And I don't know if that has to do with the system or if it's just the player or like people on players on his line or, or what's going on. But I think it's a combination of both. They need finishers and they've been slightly unlucky this year. Uh, the thing is though, they are sixth in high danger shots for, and they're first in medium danger shots for this year. So like they are still generating those opportunities. So if they have finishing talent going forward uh, talking about next year i think because i think this season is is pretty much done for them if they get some finishing talent i think they you know should be better positioned in this atlantic division um i was looking at some of the the players on their team production wise their top six guys really are producing pretty fine you know tim stutzla and brady kachuk both over a point per game. And then Giroux, uh, Batherson, and uh, Dabrinkit, they're all just slightly below, so that's fine. And Case, you mentioned the goaltending's been mediocre. I actually think it's been one of their bright spots. Uh, Anton Forsberg has been pretty good, uh, despite having a 9.05 save percentage. He's 13th in the league right now in goals saved above expected um, because he sees a lot of high danger shots playing uh, behind the Sens. They give up the third most high danger shots in the NHL this season, so that is a bit of a problem. Um, and then one stat I wanted to point out, I thought it was kind of funny. Um, not for the player, but for me as an Ottawa Senators hater. Drake Batherson is minus 30, guys. He's a dash 30. Like that stat or not, it's just, it's one of those things that if it's that egregious, I think you have to point it out. So I am a dash 30 on the season. At the end of the day, though, their possession numbers aren't that bad. They're just not scoring as much as they probably should. And for all of those reasons, I'm giving them a C plus, And I think they'll continue to improve uh, next season. Yeah, I'll give the uh, the Senators a C. Um, it, it's been a little disappointing uh, to to see them in this position. I I picked them to be a playoff team or at least on the bubble, uh, fighting for a spot. And uh, you know, given how the season has gone and where they've been at times, again they had just a brutal month of uh, November. Um, you know, being six points out at the all-star break is is not too bad but the math is not their friend it's an uphill climb for them at this point to get back in and you know I look at a couple of things yes it sucks that Josh Norris is now out for the rest of the season but they are just 
unbelievably shorthanded in their forward group without him. You know, you look at their lineup after uh, with, with Norris out, and Shane Pinto just isn't a second-line center. I think he's a very good third-line center, and he's still very young. And then you have Derek Broussard. Uh, in in that spot at times, which just is not going to work at at his stage and in his career. So that's one thing. And then the other thing, uh, they need a defenseman so badly, I think. And so we've been hearing uh, rumors lately that they are looking at adding a defenseman that can really help them in their top four. And so it's kind of weird to look at them as, you know, trying to to buy a, a defenseman who's going to help them at this point with where they're at outside of a playoff spot and their season likely over. But I do like that, you know, they're just not going to be content with selling and the season's done and all of that. Get a guy who can help you on the back end, build some chemistry up back there and uh, get some momentum heading into next season. And then uh, you're looking at these guys to take a step next year that they probably should have this season. So hasn't gone uh, the the best for them, but they've been playing well lately. Uh, Winners of four straight. And so with all that being said, I'll give the Sens a C. Yep. All right. Five minutes to cover the last two, Harp. Speed round. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Detroit Red Wings in seventh, 50 points in 48 games. I think, uh, you know, another team kind of in the same spot as Ottawa tried to speed things along, spent some money in the offseason and made some deals. Case, I know you were high on the Red Wings going into this season. What do you have to say about them at this point? Yeah, I was expecting them to be in a Buffalo type situation, but uh, they're not. They're just simply not. So I'm giving them a C minus because I think given where they are with the youth and with their prospect system and everything, it, it could be worse. Like having a chance to get Bedard isn't the worst thing in the world for these guys. They're going to get a good pick regardless. And you know that Stevie Y is going to pick the right guy. So yeah, I give them a C minus because they can play pretty good defensively at times but they really lack scoring and that's resulted in a minus 13 goal differential and 22nd in goals per per game second last in expected goals 21st power play in the league 20th pk they're kind of they're where they should be given the stats and um the eye test shows that as well so i'm gonna give them a c minus they have a chance of bedard and uh, they're still a young team and got a good building block. Yeah, because they have a chance at Bedard case, I'm going to go one up on your grade and I'm going to give them a C. Um, it's a bit disappointing where they are in the standings considering how many uh, weapons they do have on the team. Um, but they just haven't had great seasons from some of their key guys. Like Moritz Sider hasn't had a great season. Lucas Raymond hasn't had a great season. So uh, maybe a bit of a sophomore slump for both of those players. But nevertheless, they have the eighth best odds at Connor Bedard. And for this young, talented team, that can't be a bad thing. Uh, you're right, Case. They need to score some goals. Basically, looking at all of their team stats, they are in the bottom third in almost every category across the board offensively and defensively it was really really weird how perfectly they fit into that category of being bottom third in basically every measurable metric available um but yeah that's just where they fit in i will say though 
And Harp and I were talking about this on the on the car ride home from Collingwood the other day. Steve Eiserman has had a couple misses, in our opinion, not only with drafting, but with um, signing too. So we think of Steve Eiserman as a GM that is is otherworldly and not human and infallible. But a few misses recently, like you know, the one obviously is Zadina, who I picked to win the Calder Trophy, so I missed on that one as well. Sebastian Casa, the goalie they just picked over Jesper Wallstedt, that's kind of tough to look at because his numbers in the ECHL have been bad and his numbers in the AHL have been even worse. And then compare that to a guy like Jesper Wallstedt, who's having an incredible year in the American League this year. It's just kind of tough to look at. And then, you know, there are some others here too, like Jacob Vrana in the minors, something going on there. And, and that trade seems like a wash. At least they got the pick for Mantha. But Vrana, even though he's a point per game in, in his limited time there, hasn't really amounted to much. Nedeljkovic is in the minors right now. And then Helberg and Huso both haven't been very good uh, as Nedeljkovic's replacement. So, um, and, and then Ben Sherat is another one where I just don't think they needed that player. And I think they could have waited or at least evaluated their team a little bit further before signing that player. So there's, it, there's a lot of things here where I just look at Detroit and I look at Stevie Y and think, you know, maybe he is human despite being very I, good. I, I think I agree on the signing stuff. I don't know about the drafting. I'm pretty sure Zadina wasn't him. Um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, we'll That see. is a good point, too. Zadina could have been uh, Ken Holland at that time. He was drafted in 2018, so I think it yeah. definitely was. True. Okay, yeah. That no, checks that's out, That's a good then. point, for sure. But, uh, you know, just as a whole, you know, whichever regime it was or, or, or not, there, there have been some misses uh, by this organization. And, you know, reality is clearly set in, uh, you know, l- like the senators, they tried to speed things along when maybe uh, the more patient approach is is better, like we're seeing with the Buffalo Sabres. So uh, I'm, I'm going to give Detroit a C minus. I just think that, um, you know, they've uh, a lot of inconsistencies this season, particularly particularly in net where we did not expect uh, Magnus Helberg to uh, be above Alex Nedeljkovic, who's uh, with Grand Rapids. So, um, but th- this team has a bright future, you know, uh, guys like Cider and Raymond are figuring it out, uh, you know, a bit of sophomore slumps for them, but they're great players big parts of their future they got another great pick in Marco Casper last year so not worry about this team moving forward and just like the Senators expect them to be better next season so I'll give Detroit a C- minus at this point Last team we'll quickly run through, and that is the Montreal Canadiens. Last place in this division, uh, 44 points in 51 games. I think this is where we kind of expected Montreal to be in their rebuild as it continues. Case on the Habs. B for Bedard. I'm going (laughs) to stick with that. They've got a great chance at them, so... That's what I'm going to give them. Um, I don't have a lot to say about them because there's really not a lot going on good here and tons of bad. That's why they are where they are. Um, a lot of underperforming going on in this team, uh, especially by their stars. Uh, I expect Suzuki and Caulfield to be a little higher in the old points per game category, but I don't know. That kind of just comes with being on one of the bottom teams in the league, so I can't blame them too much there. And 
yeah, I, I don't have a ton to say. B for Bedard. Yeah, same here. B for Bedard. And, uh, you know, right where we expect them, pretty much. Fourth best odds at Bedard right now. Pretty convenient that Cole Caulfield is injured and out for the rest of the season. The tank is in full effect, and they should no sell. No one tanks, Chad. Yeah, no one tanks, but uh, they should sell <laughs> everybody at the deadline who they can and uh, go for Bedard because he's a franchise changer. For the first time, I'm going to hop on the uh, B for Bedard train uh, as, as as far as grades are concerned. So, yeah, I'll give the Canadians a B. Um, it, it's funny, though, like earlier in the season, they were playing well enough that maybe this team could have a shot at squeaking in. But as the year has gone on, they've showed that this is the spot that we expected them to be in. We have seen some growth, though, out of young players. Montembeau looks like he's a part of the future. He's really been great. Kirby Dock, too. What an addition. Uh, and, and he's been great as well. But, um, yeah. And, and this team also, they just can't defend. There's not enough experience back there. And it, the blue line is just not good enough. Enough. But uh, Kent Hughes has done a great job so far. Expect him to make some pretty good deadline deals, and this team is on their way. So I'll give them a B. All right, I know we got to wrap up here, and we will do that now. So again, thank you for listening to episode 158. That does it for our in-season grades for all four National Hockey League divisions. Thanks again. Enjoy the hockey this week, and we'll talk to you again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.